Welcome to Sports Beat KC College Basketball Edition. Rustin Dodd, who covers the Kansas Jayhawks, is here, and so am I, Blair Kirkhoff. We're going to talk about the beginning of the conference college basketball season. Conference play is busting out all over the college hoop landscape, and it arrives in the Big 12 on Saturday, January 2, with a really big, I think, a big slate of games, and... In the Big 12 this year, you almost can't help but have a big slate of games. When everybody's playing on the same day, that means you're going to have a lot of ranked teams playing. And on opening weekend, you'll have two uh, t- two games against ranked te- among ranked teams. You've got Baylor and Kansas playing at Allen Fieldhouse. You've got Oklahoma playing host to Iowa State. And, Rustin, let's get things started talking about the Jayhawks, who um, bring 11-1. Is that what they are yeah, overall? 11-1 and one, yeah. in a number two ranking. In the Associated Press poll today, um, could go to number one next week if um, if they hold serve against Baylor at home Saturday. I say that because Michigan State lost uh, top rank, top Michigan State lost earlier in the week to to Iowa. So could be Kansas number one versus number two OU on Monday night. Before they get there, though, Baylor on Saturday. Um, Rustin, second half of the uh, of the of the Jayhawks' latest game against Cal Irvine. I, I thought the Jayhawks played well, but kind of an, an uneven second half, and that's it's kind of what I see with Kansas. I don't know if I – very few of these 12 non-conference games have, have they seem to put together a full 40 minutes. Am I, am I wrong about that? No, I think that's about right. I mean, they didn't play uh, – they played well early, I guess, against San Diego State, and then they didn't play really well in the second half. I think I give them a little bit of a of – a, I guess a mulligan against UC Irvine, just because they were such an odd team to play against. I mean, they had a seven six, seven foot six guy in the middle. They had a seven two guy coming off the bench. They played a lot of zone, um, so it was just it was a little bit of a different matchup, I guess. So I think it took some took some or took them a while to sort of figure figure UC Irvine out. So I guess if you're looking for a positive to say, okay, you can kind of take that first half away. Maybe you can forgive it a little bit, but. Um, heading into conference play, it definitely wasn't like a flawless performance or anything like that. Do you see Kansas shortening its rotation in conference play? Let's establish that um, you know they they play. Correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, uh, six big guys and and five backcourt guys. Let's let's count them off. Perry Ellis probably is probably leads the team in minutes played among frontcourt guys. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Mickelson, Jamari Trailer, Landon Lucas, Carlton Bragg. And um, uh, Shaq Diallo, of course, the other freshman among the front court guys in the back court, you know Frank Mason, Devonte Graham, uh, Wayne Seldon, Svee McIlick, and Brandon Green. Yeah, no, I, I think Bill Self has said they're going to tighten up the rotation, and I think um, in his mind, you know, in in most years you've seen four smalls, four bigs, and maybe sort of a fifth small, sort of a guy that plays spot minutes here and there I think that's going to be the case again he said something interesting last night when he was talking about his front court rotation he mentioned first how he thinks his experienced guys are playing better right now how they give Kansas a better chance to win but he brought up this point he said you know a lot of times in the non-conference season we've kind of gone through stretches where we haven't played very well and he goes and if you actually look at that sometimes it's my fault he was like sometimes I'm putting guys in the game just to get them playing time and we sort of lose momentum we sort of lose some some chemistry and some flow and he's like that's that's going to stop now that that conference season is rolled around so i think he's going to not only you know tighten it up to to an 8 you know 
man rotation, I think they're also going to see, you know, the main guys, Frank Mason and, and Devontae Graham and Perry Ellis playing upwards of, you know, 32, 33, 34 minutes per game. Um, so I think that that gets tightened as well. But who is it going to be? I think that's still sort of remains to be seen. I think for now, especially with them opening against Baylor and Oklahoma, you're going to see uh, Hunter Mickelson in the starting lineup and probably a lot of Landon Lucas and depending on the matchup, maybe a lot of, a lot of Jamari trailer against somebody like Oklahoma who can play a little bit smaller. But um, I, I still think that Sheck Diallo and Carlton Bragg will be part of something going forward, but it might take another couple of weeks for them to, to sort of get it as his self said last night. You know, I, I can't help but think that, for Kansas to be the Final Four team that they think they can be, or maybe their fans expect them to be, that you know, the, it goes without saying that the most talented players have to be on the floor at the most important times. And Sheck Diallo, you know, by all scouting reports, by all recruiting anal, you know analysis, you know, is is one of those players. Is is you know his, his upside is fantastic, but um, uh, but but. Does Kansas win big games against good competition if, you know, if Diallo uh, and, and to maybe a lesser extent Carlton Bragg, that the two, based on upside and potential, um, aren't, aren't seeing the floor? And, and Kansas is playing Ellis Mickelson and then maybe Trailer or Lucas. I, I think that's the big question and maybe the big concern, I guess, if you're a Kansas fan who's looking ahead to can this team, you know, go to a Final Four or win a national championship I don't know if, if it's an answerable question right now, but I do think that Bill Self might be either trying to motivate Sheck Diallo or send send some messages. You know, I don't know if he's reading the you know the Kansas City Star or or, uh, sure or, or checking is. Twitter, but um, but I I do think that you know, for instance, last night he he came in and he obviously is kind of trying hard. He shot about a 19 footer about a minute after he'd been in the game. That drove Self crazy. Um, so just little things like that. Um, his this is sort of a nerdy stat, but his usage rate, which basically means every time a possession either ends with a Sheck Diallo shot or a Sheck Diallo turnover, is like 30% when he's in the game, which is way too high. Yikes. Yeah, which is way too high for a role player. And so if he's going to be what Self wants him to be, which is essentially a role player for Perry Ellis or the other guys on the floor, he just needs to kind of settle down and sort of figure out his role and what he needs to do. And right now, I think it's been sort of just tough for him, especially missing you know earlier in the season. You know, I thought I thought it was a good sign for Kansas that um, that Ellis not only had the good game at San Diego State, but he had a good second half against UC Irvine. As I'm sure Self sees that as well. That that's you know we. we your best players have to play well and and you know in terms of accomplishment and career you know uh, achievements Perry Ellis is one of those guys yeah I, I think so and he's still a little bit a little bit hard on him I think yeah you know last last night after the game he had 13 points in the second half and self was more like well, you know where was he the first half he was a non-factor he wasn't there but but yeah I think that's um I guess that's not going to change but I I think he's played better over the last two to three weeks. He had 18 against Montana and 20 against San Diego State um, and been more aggressive. And I think you at least you like where he is at heading into conference play. You know, I don't have the polls in front of me. We know that um, in, the, in the AP poll, Kansas is two, Oklahoma is three. And I think Iowa State's 11, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. I think that's right. But, here's, but I do have conference RPI in front of me. 
And the Big 12 is number one in conference RPI. And if you're number one, if you're number one going into conference play, chances are you're going to stay number one throughout the season because now you're just now conference teams are playing against each other. The only after this weekend, the only after this week, the only non-conference games remaining for Big 12 teams are the Big 12 SEC Challenge at the end of January. That's when Kansas and Kentucky play at uh, at Allen Fieldhouse. But uh, I, 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 you cover Kansas. And we both pay attention to the, you know, to the Big 12 and, and, and other leagues in college basketball. It looks like it's going to be a terrific league this year. And we've mentioned it before. Kansas opens against Baylor at home and Oklahoma on, on Monday night. That's the first big Monday game. You know, Kansas bidding for its 12th straight conference championship. There's kind of a little bit of pressure on Kansas to hold serve at home against good teams uh, I heard Bill say this after the UC Irvine game that, uh, you know, he thinks home teams are going to lose this year in, in conference play because the league is so stacked. Um, Kansas, I, I think if they have, you know, if they want to come out of this thing, you know, with a, with another conference championship, it'd be a good idea to be 2-0 and going into, you know, Monday night, after Monday night. No, I, I think that's definitely the case. It, it, that's why I think it's almost better to open – the conference play on the road if you can um, just to kind of give you that margin for error and it, you know, it's it's almost like if you can you know beat a team on the road it's almost like a game and a half on them in the conference standings just because of the round robin schedule and the nature of it and in a kind of the way I've always looked at it for Kansas is that you know it, the reason it's so difficult for this streak to end is if they don't lose at home um, the other team basically has to hold serve at home as well to, to stay with them um, in terms of the conference race. Because if you want to beat Kansas and, and win the Big 12 and stop the streak, because you can win the Big 12, but you can, at the same – Oklahoma can win the Big 12, but the streak might continue. You know, they <laughs> might share it. So if you want right. to beat Kansas by a game, full game in the Big 12, you almost have to go perfect at home and then pick off a couple of games on the road just to, to be right there. And I think that's – with how difficult the the conference is, that's really difficult to do. And to speak to that, I remember last year, a couple of things from last year. Kansas finished 13-5. and five. That was their worst conference record uh, under Bill Self. Most conference losses that Kansas has had in quite, in quite a long time. But uh, but they won the conference by – they didn't share it. They won it outright because it was a very competitive league again last year. I just remember Iowa State, which I thought was the second best team in the league. I think they tied Oklahoma for second, but I thought Iowa I, I thought Iowa State was the second best team in the league. Iowa State held serve to beat Kansas in Ames. I, I, they probably, I, I think they went undefeated at home, but I do remember them going to Lubbock and losing at Texas Tech on a Saturday afternoon. And I just remember thinking after that game, that's the kind of game Kansas doesn't lose. You know, they'll lose at Iowa State or they'll lose at other you know ranked teams in the league. But they never seem to lose at home. Well, they not seem. They don't lose at home. They've lost nine home games in Bill Self's tenure at K at KU. Um, but they don't. They also don't lose to unranked teams on the road. They they tend not to anyway. They did lose at K State last year. Yeah, they lost to TCU. They, and, and, <laughs> well, a couple years ago yeah. they did. But but uh, um, but those are st- th- still. I mean, they, they those are so few and far between that it's allowed them to, you know, to, to win the conference year after year after year. But. It is definitely going to be difficult this year because Oklahoma, which brought back four starters from a team that went farther than any team in the, from the Big 12 in the NCAA tournament last year, is playing terrific. I mean, uh, Buddy Heald, is, uh, who, who was the conference player of the year last year, is off to a terrific start. 
I don't know if he was the MVP in the in the tournament that they just won in Hawaii, but uh, uh, but he's leading the conference in scoring. Uh, it's a guard-oriented team. It's a great shooting team, and w- one that's coming to, to Allen Fieldhouse on Monday, coached by Lon Kruger, who's you know who's a, who's a fantastic coach. But but Baylor's the first chore for Kansas. Baylor's here on Saturday. Rico Gathers, the leading the league in rebounding, which I think he did last year as well. Um, uh, just. I don't the the weak links in the Big Twelve are the same as they usually are. TCU at the bottom, um, but but to be honest with you, Texas Tech is off to something of a surprising start. They're up in the RPI. Uh, Texas with Shaka Smart, um, you know they they lost to UConn earlier this week, but they beat North Carolina at home. Um, have you? What are your observations? What have you seen from Big Twelve play so far? Yeah. Um, well, here's my question, Blair. I, because so I have a question for you. So I think you got the RPI in front of you, and you mentioned the teams up in the rankings. So I think it's going to be pretty difficult for the Big 12 not to be basically number one in the RPI conference-wise for most of the season, as they've sort of been the last couple of years. The, the, and it, if they finish that way, it would be the third yeah, year in a row. Yeah, and, and, so and they'll likely have at least five teams in the NCAA tournament, I would guess, maybe six. Um, if, six if, they could go six or seven. Yeah, if, if, if things break right. But is it – this is sort of an you know an ongoing question too, but and, and maybe a better question for March. But is is it right to talk about the Big Twelve as the best basketball conference um, for for the, you know f- during the regular season when they haven't had a Final Four team in four years and they haven't had a Final Four team other than Kansas in in a decade? Haven't come close. Yeah, to be honest. I'm trying to think of the Elite Eight teams they've had since the twelve Kansas team. I'm not sure they debate. I don't know. I can't remember if they've even gotten. Did Baylor get to a regional final? And Houston. Yeah, yeah they, a couple of those were before 2012. Yeah, but. yeah. So it's been um, since the Kansas run to the national championship game in 2012. We know Kansas has underachieved in in the tournament, and um, and and really the conference has underachieved. And you're right. It's it's a topic. It's it's definitely a topic for March. I think there's. I remember writing this and thinking about this last year that um, you know it's 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 time it's time to put up yeah shut up and put up you know because the league brags about its strength and it should I mean if if you're the top ranked RPI conference um, you know you you can brag about that you can put out all the promotional stuff and you can make sure ESPN uh, talks about it on their panels and make sure the you know CBS guys are talk about top ranked RPI and where everybody's ranked and everything. But for the last few years, it's just been a, such a disappointment to, to see how the Big 12 performs in March. I was at the Iowa State loss to UAB in Louisville yeah. last year in the first game. and It's not – I mean, it's obviously not a fair metric to measure teams, just the NCAA tournament. Um, but it, in, a, in a lot of ways, it sort of mirrors Kansas, mirrors the Big 12, I should say. You've, I mean, they've won the, the conference – they win the conference every year. They're incredible during the regular season. They've – gone to two final fours but they've struggled a little bit in march um here and there and then in very much the same way the big 12 seems to have found a way to be the best regular season team and have the best rpi although another odd stat i saw earlier um earlier this month was the amount of road true road games the big 12 has played not so much no no i think they're probably up to about six now or seven maybe maybe there's more than that now but at one point they had played five in Likewise, the SEC had played like 21, and granted they have four extra teams, but even percentage-wise, it's not been close. And I, I think I asked Bill Self about that, 
and he didn't, you know, have a have a great answer for it. But obviously, the teams have have not scheduled like um, like you would, like some teams would. No, no, that, that that's been, and that's also been a historical truth about the Big Twelve is the the few true road games that they play. Kansas never seems to play more than two, and they just played one this year yeah. at, at San Diego State. I actually covered one of the SEC road games a couple weeks ago when Mississippi State lost at UMKC. Um, that's, maybe that's why the Big yeah. 12 doesn't do, do, do that sort of thing. Um, it's, a, it's a good point. It's a fair point. And, and I think when March comes around, it's fair to ask the coaches if they think you know they were tested enough during the season um, uh, to, to have their teams prepared for March. It's the same topic that SEC football coaches get. They never take their teams on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you'll see a neutral site game, you know, in Houston or Atlanta or Dallas or something, but rare is the Alabama yeah. at, you know, game in, in, a, in a mega non-conference battle. And, um, and so, but, but the SEC football backs it up in bowl season. It is the top conference and they win all the bowl games and they win national championships. Big 12 doesn't, doesn't, um, you know, hasn't really hasn't done what it should be doing in, in the postseason. And, uh, but, but they've done all they can do, I think, in the, in the non-conference part of this season. And that should be acknowledged. And again, we'll, We'll hear all about it on, on television and, and uh, on, on, on uh, sports shows, uh, and it will be a. I think it'll be a fantastic regular season in the Big Twelve. Uh, but we'll, you and I will be sitting back here in, in March and, and talking. You know, it, it, it needs to happen now. Take advantage of the seeds. That th- this is yeah. where it really helps you. It's in the seeding, and um, you know, Kansas is always a one or a two, and Iowa State the last few years is two or three, and Oklahoma has been a, a good seed. Now play up to it, live up to it, and um, you know, and get a team to the Final Four for gosh sakes. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it'll be tough for Oklahoma not to be a one or a two seed. Just, I mean, they haven't lost yet. All um, right. No, could, no signature win. I no. think they, they beat Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's down this year. They've already had the coaching change. Um, but they, I, I don't know. The computers like them, and they beat Villanova as well by a lot of. They, they did. They, they, they did they smack beat them by twenty points good. or so. But so I. I think they'll be in position to to, you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because I, I think Oklahoma might be the best non-Kansas Big Twelve team, maybe in the last three to four years. But I, I do think that they're not catching Kansas on the best year either. Um, so I, I don't know if if they'll have enough to to win it outright. But I do think this might be Kansas's biggest challenge, at least just if you look at the numbers and the talent. Maybe since, um, you know, maybe even since Missouri um, in twenty twelve. Yeah, in twenty twelve. That was that was a terrific Missouri team. That was the Marcus Dedman, yeah, and, uh, uh, Kim English team. Uh, that was that was a great team that ended up winning the uh, winning the Big Twelve tournament that year, but underachieving in, yeah. the, in the NCAA. <laughs> that's a good that, that, that's a good thought though. Maybe we'll save that for another show. Is it uh, kind of the, the during this Kansas streak uh, of eleven in a row? The the um, uh, the best teams. I heard Bill say Bill Self say this on his show the other night, uh, on his radio show that that um, they were talking about the best basketball players kind of in the world right now. Guys like Kevin Durant and and uh, Curry. Um, I forgot the other one they mentioned, but Kansas had beaten all of them. And Kansas, the the yeah. players that that they, that Bob Davis and, and Bill Self mentioned were players in which Kansas was undefeated against. Of course, they beat Durant twice when he was at Texas, yeah. and Chris Curry was was with Davidson in the NCAA tournament. I wish I could remember the third one, but but I can't. But 
Um, these are these are all good points. And let me backtrack really quick. You brought it up. I'm glad you did. The, the Oklahoma win over Villanova was terrific. Yeah. It was a great win, probably the best win by the conference this year because um, I think Villanova is a very, very good team. Uh, very good. And I've got the RPI uh, for for teams in front of me. The, Kansas, or the Big 12 has one, two, three, seven in the top 45. Kansas State's 45th. Uh, West Virginia, Texas um, are, are, in the, are in the 30s. Kansas, interestingly enough, Kansas, not near the top. Kansas on, on this RPI facsimile that I have is 19th with Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech ahead of them all in the mm. top 10. Why would Kansas's RPI I will say, so the- for the for the numbers nerds listening to this podcast who are screaming at their podca- or iPods to stop talking about the RPI, there are some criticisms of the RPI. I mean, they don't, they don't factor in uh, when it, margin of victory, which is the biggest one that the RPI does not include, uh, which is... Um, makes it less kind of a metric than some of the other ones but so there is that and also kansas their schedule they didn't play they played a difficult schedule but they they're really dragged down by some of the teams they did play like loyola um i can't even remember what state that loyola was in now that which is <laughs> maybe the maryland one, it was it? maryland yeah, yeah yeah they played loyola maryland they and then a couple other teams in the 200s um and that's rare northern for colorado it usually and, doesn't yeah. turn out that way yeah for that's you know what usually what they're brilliant at is that they schedule so many teams that are right around the 75 to 125 mark so all they don't really have any bad teams on their schedule they play a lot of teams that are end up winning their league or, yeah. or things like that and and they're great at doing that I almost it was a concerted effort honestly and I think Bill Self has said this they they scheduled so difficult the last couple of years and they had young teams and they couldn't really kind of get those guys playing time in the early season and I think they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit this year and just wanted a couple of those kind of breather games. Um, and then it just so happened that the Kentucky game was January 30th, and then um, they only had one true road game this year. So a lot of things just kind of broke broke right for them to have a little bit of a softer schedule. Right, right. We should note also that not only is Texas Tech in the top, they're number six according to this RPI uh, list that I have. Monmouth comes in at number 12. Kansas at uh, at 19. What um, you know, I've got we've got plenty of paper here. We got our stats and our, our lists and, and everything here. Um, the you know Baylor with Rico gathers uh, at Kansas on Saturday. Oklahoma we said on on, uh, on on Monday night the first big Monday game. Um, a couple other games just this weekend to keep an eye on. Iowa State is at Oklahoma. What a great, what a great opener that is Saturday afternoon. And then um, uh, West Virginia is at Kansas State. I think that's an 11 a.m. game on Saturday because the bowl. Game, what time does the bowl game kick off? Two, what a great if you're a Kansas State fan. What a great day for you. Um, uh, the, the basketball game at 11. The bowl game against Arkansas at 2:30 in that afternoon. So. Um, uh, I, I would think that you know just based on RPI, um, yeah, six maybe seven teams in, in the NCAA tournament for, for for Big Twelve, and it's one of those years where uh, maybe if you nine and nine is all you need to get to in league play to feel like you've got a good chance of being, you know, an at-large team in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you, I, I think that's kind of what the Big Twelve has established over the last couple of years with its. Great RPI with its number one conference, uh, number one RPI conferences. If you're nine and nine or better uh, in league play, your, your chances are you're going to get in. Let me let me say one more thing about the R. The reason the RPI is important, it's not, 
it's not so much the, where the individual team is right now, but when the selection committee gets together, a team's record against the top 25 yeah. in the RPI or the top 50, well, that yeah, really which matters. Which is why, I mean, if a, a team like Kansas State could go 9-9 nine and nine and they could be, you know, they could have rack up four or five top 50 wins just in the Big 12 alone. So, That's right. um, I mean, it could be crucial for just a team like that on the bubble. You know, uh, let's let's uh, take a quick look nationally. You know, last year, Kentucky got you know got off to the great start and never stopped until it got to the Final Four. Uh, I I I think I'm close to being right about this. If they didn't get every first place vote in every poll during the year, it was only a couple of polls where they didn't. Now, that's how dominant Kentucky was. The Willie Cauley Stein, um, you know, Kentucky Wildcats that ended up losing to Wisconsin in the Final Four. I don't see – there's nothing like that so far, is there? I mean, uh, we've talked – Michigan State got off to a great start. Oklahoma's still undefeated. Uh, A couple others are – maybe Xavier's still undefeated. There's a few undefeated teams. Uh, But I don't see anything like a slam-dunk Final Four pick in college basketball No, it's it's definitely wide open at the top. And I I think sometimes people say – you know, there's not a lot of great teams, so that means college basketball's down. I don't know if that's a great argument because maybe the teams 20 through 50 are, are better than they usually are. But uh, I think I saw this stat. Kansas is now number one in Ken Palm's computer rankings. I think starting today, they were number one. And those rankings generally, they have, are year to year, are kind of stay the same. And their, their computer ranking, their number, their efficiency, you know, Points per possession, minus points they allowed, all that kind of stuff. If they were in last year's team, they would or last year's rankings, they would be like eighth. <laughs> so their their computer ranking, however they do it, was basically shows that they you know are the eighth best team last year is basically the number one team this year. So I think that can kind of show give you an indication. Yeah, yeah. give you an indication of just how strong last year was, especially at the top when you had Duke and Kentucky and Wisconsin, and then uh, the teams just right below them. For, for what it's worth, I really like Maryland. Um, if I had to, th- if I had to identify a team that I, you know, would be my the one team who I'd give the highest percentage chance of getting to the Final Four, I think that would be Maryland right now. Do, do you have one? No, but I will say that I um, Purdue is um, a better team than I it, thought they would Purdue be. Interesting. Yeah, they're defensively they rank in the top five in the country and um, lost just one game. Um, and they would be a team that I would not have really looked at much at the beginning of the season. All right. Now, you and you just said uh, Purdue, you mentioned Purdue's defense. West Virginia, of course, is doing its defensive thing again this year. But the new rules in college basketball that were, you know, supposed to, you know, uh, increase scoring while you know, trying to rid the game of a lot of physicality, especially away from the, from the ball, I think. You've seen, you've seen a lot more games than I have this year. I, I think they're having the 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 the, uh, the intended impact here. Um, Kansas is averaging 87 yeah. points a game. There's five teams in the Big 12 averaging 80 plus a game. What do you see? Well, I'm, my opinion on this is going to be sort of clouded or biased or whatever because Kansas's offense has just been so much better this year, and I think it's mostly because of the guys that are playing, uh, just having more guards on the floor. But I, I definitely think the the games just from aesthetic have have. A, aesthetic um, level have looked better and 
Um, I don't know. You know, the interesting thing is that so they have a 30 second shot clock now. And I, it's one of those things where when you're watching a college basketball game, you don't really notice it. I mean, it's not like you're looking at the shot clock right when they're bringing the ball up the floor and saying, oh, you know, there's only you know, thir- five seconds yeah. fewer than they're used to. Yeah. So you don't notice it. But I do think there must be something to that as well. Just even in the extra five or six possessions you get a game or whatever, how many extra possessions you get in a game, um, maybe it's more than that. But it, there's, there's something about the way the game has been played this year where there aren't as many times where I'm looking at the floor and just saying, this is you know bad basketball, this is bad product. That For, for a few minutes in, against Michigan State, um, when Kansas didn't play very well in the second half in Michigan State, and there were a lot of fouls being called, it was, but for the most part, as if things have gone, um, I, I do think it's. You're right. I mean, I think it's the game looks better, kind of across the board. Well, and let's keep in mind too something. We refer back to something we mentioned earlier. A lot of these games for the Big 12 teams have been at home. Yeah. You know, playing uh, with with officials who are familiar with these teams and in buildings where the where. The, the team is very comfortable, and uh, the the numbers will come down as the competition increases, which is always the case in in conference play. Okay, so that uh, that is going to do it for us for today. Um, Rustin, thanks a lot for being here, and uh, and big thanks to our producer engineer Chris Pickett for running the board. Uh, you have been listening to the Kansas slash College Basketball slash Big Twelve edition of Sports Beat. AC. Thank you very much.